Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, They're here to play T20 Test Cricket, which is we are going, we've asked for flat decks, we've doctored them just like the Indians do, but we want to score 550 in four sessions and put the pressure back on the other team. And the entire point is to put the pressure back on the other side. Sometimes that works. And sometimes they yeah. enforce the follow-on and lose. So consequently, yeah, that's right. It's not much good getting a hundred off of fifteen overs if it's all out for a hundred as well. So, no. but we'll see. It's a long series. At least we've gone for our um, our no Mitch strategy again this time, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I didn't enjoy the um, the freakings out of various Twitter <laughs> people when and Mitch Marsh was just <laughs> marking out a run up, and then suddenly just- everyone all. All podcasters were marking out run-ups. I was expecting Bezer to fly in from Denver and start marking <laughs> run-out. Yeah, um, no, that, that, that's trolling of the highest order, really, oh, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I uh, so. and, and it would have affected McCullum in no way whatsoever because nah. he is he is the most distra- – for a dude who is literally from St Kilda, which is like 5K from where I live, extremely uh, humble, let's say, uh, working-class suburb in, in the Dunedin Lowlands. He's the most Australian cricketer New Zealand has ever produced, apart from the yeah. literal Australians who have played for them, like Luke Ronke. Oh, yes, of course. That's right, yes. And Dee Brandley and Skippy Sinclair, and I think there's been a few others as well. Having said that, Clary Grimmett went the other way, so. Yes. Oh, well. I didn't even know he was. There you go. Yeah, he was, he was a Kiwi. Andrew Caddick was a Kiwi. Um, yes. There's another one, I think, who wasn't as good, so. But look, all I can say is that the first first face I saw part of the uh, Ashes coverage, and that was on Twitter, was uh, Issa Gua, and I'm quite happy with that, as long as it's not Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer. Oh, God. Um, we probably need I to could... talk about that World Test Championship coverage. I mean- The ultimate the, the actual, test. The series the was- The ultimate fan- test. Well, that, that was all because of the fucking, you know, the ICC it was the only property they owned. It's the literal, yeah. the, uh, literally the only test match they promote. So they're like, well, it is the ultimate test. Okay, I understand that. If it's that important, why do you get like the remnants of failed Australian fucking white supremacy to commentate on it? Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer, because they they were were appalling. Yeah, were they a part? I just thought they were part of Sevens coverage, but they were they were the ICC. No, this that was entirely a world feed call. I mean, I understand in in Seven also had you guys were blessed by having fucking Brayshaw and the yelling at Brayshaw, Brayshaw and some other cunt. (laughs) Shouting at you relentlessly as the links, a little bit like the way um, fucking Daryl Eastlake and Alan Jones used to shout their way in and out of ad breaks when Murray Walker and James Hunt were calling the Formula One back in the 90s. They were kind of just, they were just doing links in and out of ad breaks, and then the main call would be done by the host broadcast. That's pretty much what I understand was happening. Um, but the problem was that meant the rest of the world had to listen to fucking Hayden and fucking Langer. And they are, I mean, Justin Langer has, I don't understand what. I saw a tweet from fucking Buff Lehman earlier today, and I thought, Jesus, remember when he was the toxic ex-coach that we all didn't <laughs> want to hear anything from? Right now, I'd fucking listen to an hour of Buff Lehman over 
30 seconds of fucking Justin Langer. Oh, it's just so bitter and so cutting and so... Uh. He just doesn't even have the, the guile to disguise the fact that he's bitter and twisted and cynical and upset over the fact that nobody likes him and he's a weird gnome. And the Australian team's done quite well, thank you very much, in his absence, you know. But, but people still do it. I don't know. My my wife's grandfather, who follows cricket and loves cricket, hates Pat Cummins. And I'm not sure why. I just think he thinks he's a bit pretty. Well, I think I do because it's a it's a defiance of authority thing with, with that generation. It's a, you do what you're told. It's it's a Don Bradman thing, really. I mean, that, that's the same kind of he's, thing. He's a bit pretty, too. Like, he's, you're not supposed to be pretty. You're supposed to be Jeff Thompson. But he looks like Keith Miller. You know, he's got that kind of... <laughs> he looks like a... He wouldn't look out of place, like, in a black and white lithograph of, a like, a World War Two fucking fighter pilot. You know, he's got that kind of, you know, jaw to him. He looks like he... When I see him, I always think Keith Miller because he looks... He has that yeah. kind of very classic granity from central casting kind of hero look. But it just kind of wor- also works out that he seems to be that kind of dude anyway. Yeah. And, he's, and, and his morals and quietly, are solid and his politics are yeah. solid. Just quietly, too. Can bowl a bit, just just quietly. Well, like, he's, he's in the team on Forbes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, two, yeah. 200 test wickets in fuck all time. Unlike like, Mitchell Stark, who hasn't been anywhere near as good since they put the sandpaper away, unfortunately. So it's- yeah, two, 221 wickets in 51 matches, an average of 21. I mean, we're, we're talking you know, top five Australian bowlers of all time if he continues on that trajectory. If nothing Which, else, it's, uh, I'm glad to see him succeed just because it lets the air out of the whoopee cushion about the whole, you know, bowlers can't be captains um, argument, yeah. which well, seems to be very Australian. It didn't seem to affect Wazi Makram or no. Imran Khan or Courtney Walsh. That's right. Oh, I guess Clive Lloyd was kind of a bit – he was – I was trying to think who the Indian equivalent – the West Indian equivalent was, but it probably hasn't really Only Co- Courtney was a captain in the very – the kind of the late era. Yeah, that's right. Of their, yeah. good, year, of their good time. Anyway, it, it's going to okay. they're, they're tucking along at a, as a reasonable chop as they probably will for a while until it all goes fucking horribly wrong, which it's going to at some stage. Well, I suppose both teams are going are gonna to score 600 by day three and then we're... No, I reckon Australia will go exactly the other way, actually, apart from oh, maybe... You think they're just going to Jeff boycott this shit? They're well, just fucking gonna- Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne give zero fucks for how much you want to watch entertaining cricket. He's, you know, if Steve Smith's like, well, I'm going to get 200 and if it takes me four days, fuck you. Yeah, but like, I think that's- this is the thing. People have misunderstood what the point of baseball is. It's not to mm. provide entertaining cricket. It's because they have a team full of T20 sloggers. They don't have actual cricketers in their team. They haven't had actual cricketers for quite a while. So Baz McCullum figured out, hey, if I just get these guys to think that this is a T20 game, Mm. we'll either win or lose, but we'll be out of here by day three and I can go and play (laughs) golf and put some bets on. And that's cool. So he's been able to convince these indifferent fucking county-level blockers like Crawley and Duckett that they are test openers. And that's the problem. England have had a whole lot of absolute garbage, fucking insecure, unconfident duffers at the top of their digs. And I mean, he can just sort of compel them to believe that they're, that they, all they have to do is just bat like they're, they're in coloured clothing. And, and also it will work. convince the it curators will- to develop pictures <laughs> like they're in coloured clothing. Yeah, it, um, it, it will work too. Like it's absolutely going to work because at some stage, Either Anderson or Broad will run through the Australians because they're just liable to do that, and they'll win a couple of tests. We've just got to hope we win more. And well, yeah, you know. case study was in New Zealand in the last year. 
They came out, they beat the living piss out of New Zealand in the first test, and then they tried to enforce the follow-on in the second, and they <laughs> lost because this can go horribly wrong because they're not actually that fucking talented. They have some really, really, really old dudes bowling, and they have some really, really fucking untalented dudes batting. They don't and have a genuine, ge- a genuine... Oh, yeah. They don't know anybody of the talent level of a Labuschagne or Smith. Maybe Joe Root. Like maybe he Joe, Joe Root was. He's been very good. Yeah, well, that's why he's he part. Old, like jo- Joe Root from three, four years ago. I don't perhaps, feel like is, he's is really baseball is his speed. I feel like he no. much, he'd be much more comfortable batting like Steve Smith, just fidgeting a lot and well, scoring not a lot. Well, runner ball is 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 peak baseball for him, and that's fine. Shit, if he, if you know if everybody scored a hundred run hundred ball hundreds, then we'd uh, all be Dougie Walters. Yeah, that's right. So, anyway, if there's any English listeners out there, we apologise for bagging out your team, but we don't give a fuck. We have no English listeners because we are at our core a basketball podcast <laughs> yes. and the English don't understand basketball. No. We should probably reflect on the fact that the uh, the Nuggets well, won. Oh, well, I'd like to, I'd like to say that, you know, I think it's the one of the best spores in sports. Stories in sport. One of the best spores. One of the best stories in sport. You know, you <laughs> Welcome have Welcome back to our Yeast podcast. That's right. Now, you have this guy who's, you know, been, you know, anointed as the, the next big thing and really big things could happen for him. And then there's lots of turmoil and, and different things and there's form and there's questions about his stuff. But, you know, he's plucked his way to a spot. And, you know, really earn his thing. This is a long run-up, folks. And I, I'd like to congratulate DeAndre Jordan for uh, being, uh, <laughs> getting himself a ring and getting, min- and getting minutes. I could, I actually tuned into the top, to the, to the uh, game five and went, holy shit, DeAndre Jordan's on the court. Like, it's, it's like giving Blake, you know, if Boston it's, hadn't made the final, it would have been like giving Blake Griffin but minutes. Blake minutes. is useful. Blake does yes. stuff. Ish Smith, like he didn't actually get a run, but Ish Smith has been on like 13 teams and he ended up getting, yeah. getting a win for, win, no. win for that. The, I mean, it, no, was, no. it was the inevitable result. Um, it was. It I, really I think, was. But it was the right result. They were the best team all year. They were the number one seed. Uh, it was a wonderful – I feel like Miami can go away feeling fairly happy about how they played. They kind of run out of gas at the end. And Tampa can go away winning and, you know, everyone can be relatively happy. And they just ran out of people. And, oh, there's the first one down. Fuck off, England. Um, anyway, the – look, Jimmy Butler – You're strings ahead of me. Hey, fuck uh, off! <laughs> and Hazelwood too. That's awesome. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is, is a very good player. going to sound great in about a day and a half when this gets Yeah, that's right. When, when, when we're down by 600 runs when, or something like when that. They're, they're like three for 90, 927. That's right. Um, but I think that yeah, Jimmy Butler is is a good player. Like he's a great player, but he can't. He just can't do everything. Much as he may, you know, as as early things may. Do. And you know, he's probably injured. I'm surprised we haven't seen X-rays of his foot looking like a fucking broken chandelier. He's but, keeping that to himself. Yeah, he does yeah, not like want I, to flag that. I think he's not. He's not yeah. Lebroning it out there. You know, no, like, no, no. <laughs> he doesn't turn up in the post base with the with the, the post match <laughs> moon boot. <laughs> with the you know just just encased in plaster like a like an Egyptian mummy. Yeah, no. I look, and I think, look, as you say, Miami, they're they're a good side, but they without without Tyler Hero and and I mean, who knows? Maybe the balance of that side without Tyler Hero is better because it allows again. We we've said this a long time, you know. They're better defensively, yeah. Yeah, it allows the balance of their side and these guys who are considered, you know, ten to twelve minute guys are suddenly twenty to twenty five minute mm. guys, and they go, hey, they can play. I mean, this has happened right across the league all. You know, you look at the Timberwolves have had happened. You've had, you know, you've got all sorts of guys at and the- And that's what Miami uh, majors in. I mean, they major in 
role players. They can they can mass produce role players. They can synthesize them out of out of you know raw materials. But the problem is that you know you can't. You need at least one star, and, and Jimmy just didn't have it. And Bam never seems to have had it. When not for the lack of trying either. Not for lack of trying. Like he's you know. Spo is a chess master, but. He was forced to kind of play with like five pawns. He's just playing with all the pawns. Yeah, he's playing with five pawns, a rook, a couple of mismatched horsies from a different set, and a and a busted bishop. There's nothing worse than busting your bishop. God, I did it the other day and it was terrible. Oh no! Got to wait till the metal metal zip was it? Yeah, that's right. Drinking beans. I mean, look for all the stuff that goes on and talking about, and for all the West Coast disrespect and all this sort of stuff. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA. And not by a little way and not by a, a, a reasonable yeah. way, by a long fucking way. And even the fact that you can just go, well, and people are still dragging him because he was like, I just want to go home, you know, fuck the parade. And <laughs> like, oh, and he left- well, to be fair, though, he said fuck the parade. And, you know, I mean, he hates his job and he wants to go home, which is the most relatable <laughs> shit I've seen in such a long time. It reminded me a bit, and this is a very obscure line, but the captain of the Italian team in the World Cup of like 82, when they won- he was struck, like everyone else was like, yeah, and he was like, oh, this is as happy I'm, as I'm ever going to be and everything is downhill from here. And he was suddenly struck with the most the, the most innate sense of sadness. Yes. And I feel like there was a lot of that with fucking, um, with Jokic. He was like, oh, I just want to go home. I just want to go and hug my, cuddle yeah. my horses. Have you ever um, seen but- the, the, um, the family guy where Wally Coyote catches the roadrunner and says like, yes. well- what do I do now? You yes. Know? But even he apparently left his MVP trophy in the locker yeah, room yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. gone missing. And people are like, he's showing disrespect. He's like, really? dude, the whole place got so fucking No, drunk. no, he doesn't, he doesn't care about it as much as, much as you do because it's his job. And, yeah. <laughs> and like he said, everybody hates their job. You just don't realise what it's like. But the funny thing is that when he turned up to the party, well, it's a bit like if you had, like you, you and I know this because well, you know we've been we've been struck by the bit of a bit of social anxiety in our time. Oh, yes. You know, there's a party and you don't really want to go to it, but you feel like you need to, and you like, I don't want to go. Uh, but then what you do once you get to the party and get some beers in here, you have a fucking fantastic time, and that's exactly what he did at the parade. He turned up the party, he got full of fucking champagne, and he said, "Look, I said I didn't want to come to parade, but no, it's fucking awesome." <laughs> Yes. Strippers, yeah, strippers and blow up my place oh, for the next well, week, yeah. More that there were like fucking 90,000 Denver people shouting how much they loved him, and I think he kind of got the point. Oh, this is why they wanted me to come to the fucking parade. Yeah. I can probably and, and, and put off gonna, the horse race. I can get on my horse later. He'll be riding on the horses, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's- well, look, Not, not mean, on them, behind them, because if he rode <laughs> on them, he'd need Clydesdales, and Clydesdales don't run that fast. That's right. Now, look, I mean, the, the simple matter is that he Nikola Jokic is, is everything that kind of NBA narrative hates. He's a superstar that, that doesn't play hero ball and is actually more inclined to help his other fellow teammates yeah. than he is to... And every now and then he goes, oh, okay, rightio, I'll shoot the ball and score 40 points. Yeah. And most of the time when they do that, they lose. And he, but, but also he doesn't performatively want it more in that way that no. a, a very American kind of, you got to want it more. you got to, you know, fucking Nike commercial, bang your dick on the table kind of bullshit. So there's no Kobeism 60 points off 130 shots. There's no. no LeBron carrying the team on his back. There's no Michael Jordan with the big, you know, fade away that, you know, is all that sort of stuff. It's just like he just does what he needs to do. And the fact that he and, and it's found he's found a collaborator and he obviously trusts him and he – 
knows how to work with him. You know, him and Jamal Murray are only going to get better. Yes. This is the scary part about this is that that two-man game. If Jamal Murray hadn't had that ACL two years ago, this would have happened two years ago. Yeah, that's right. I have no doubt that this, this we just all we have is a delayed timeline from where they were going to be. And- are they going to be worse next year? What do they lose? Bruce Brown, don't they? I think who I mean was important to them, but, but they, they might but there's not. Another, they might not. A, he might decide to go. You know what? Fuck it. I'll take a slight discount and stay here because, because there's a fucking dynasty happening right here. Like the West is surprisingly open because you look at the Clippers and you get question marks. You look at the Lakers, you got question marks. You look at the Suns, you got question marks. You look at the Mavs, you got question marks. You look fuck at the Grizzlies, you got question marks, which are probably oh. going to be answered. In about a day or so, when they do some sort of Friday five o'clock at US time news drop and announce that Jammer rants out for half of the year, it's or, or longer. Like I mean, that's yeah. entirely. Uh, uh, Jammer rant might just go. Well, I'm out. See you later. I'm going to go and you know hookers and blow. Who knows? Like uh, well, it's, it's it depends how convincing they find his excuse that it was a toy gun. But who gives a fuck? It's a gun, and like yes. it's like you know, it's like going to an airport and saying bomb. Just don't fucking yeah. do it. You're like no one's got a fucking bomb. Doesn't really matter whether you have a bomb or not. They have to assume yeah. that you do. That's right. Because yeah. otherwise, we all fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you oh. dumb cunt. Oh, look, I mean, there's only so much that the young, dumb, and stupid thing. You know, I mean, he's. But not- that's not even that. It's it's. With him, it's very clearly gone beyond that to the point where he is actively undermining and, and dismantling himself because he is having a fucking psychological issue that maybe somebody should help him with rather than and, just and, and, pushing him But the him NBA's back out. got such a such good track record of, of really supporting their mentally ill You're- people. And Ben Simmons, <laughs> we're looking straight at you. Who's looking as he's training the house down? By the way, I, I love the photos coming out. He is as swole as fuck. I I really hope he goes to play FIBA ball and just I look. Just I do, and I don't think he will. Away. I don't think he will, but I I think he's he's badly advised and I think he would be really well served to go and hang out with some people in a relatively low stress environment, surrounded by people who want him to be there. I mean, he's not he's not a very Australian Australian in that he I don't think a whole bunch of like Joe Ingalls chirping in his ear, I don't think he would find that reassuring. I think he would find that upsetting. And Patty Mills basically I think he would find that deeply fucking, you know, (laughs) a corrosive to his self-esteem, which is, um, yeah, he, he's not a- uh, I mean, Joe Ingalls is like the great cricketer of, of NBA basketball. Yeah, absolutely. He's just out here giving it the full, you know, he knows he's not as good as anybody else, but he'll make it up with just relentless, bitter, personal sledging, and he will destroy and- you. He will bring you down to his level and then beat you. Yeah, and, and has been doing so for years. And, yes. and you know, God, God bless him that, you know, he found him with his way to a good team and- Short of a Giannis injury, maybe they would have the NBA Finals with them. I still don't know that they would have beaten the Nuggets because I just, I just don't know. Like they never, they were close I'm beginning games. to think nobody would have beaten the Nuggets, and I think that's right. I'm thinking back to the fucking the draft episode, and I think we all wanted the Nuggets because we all yeah, thought we the did. Nuggets. I know you did, and, yeah. and obviously I think BJ picked them. So they, um, we all yeah. kind of thought this this might be the year, even in the regular season. The problem is that the um. The the tipping comp the the wins pool becomes increasingly untenable every year because 
teams are taking the regular season less and less seriously because they're happy yes, to absolutely. kind of run the table from eighth. And I did. I went back and listened to that draft episode a couple of weeks back, like when it was all sort of panned out. And I went, you know, we're actually really right about this in the end. We just mm. weren't at the time. So we were quite up on Miami. Even if you don't get the order right, the fucking the, the logic behind it was right, I think. Yeah, we were quite up on Miami. We were up on the Kangs. Um, you know, we sort of thought- um, even even sort of having Utah up for a little while when everybody else was sort of shit canning yeah. them and all that. And we knew, of course, that the Rockets were going to be absolute and the Pistons were going to be absolute fucking disaster zones. But yeah. but that's that's the thing about the, the wind sport is that you're right. Like Denver could have put another seven, eight wins easily onto their, their you know, but why did they, why bother? Why did they need to? They still yeah. won the West. So, you know, everybody, that's, you know, it lost Jokic an MVP and he gives zero fucks. Because he already Absolutely had two. zero fucks. And, and even then, I don't think he probably was, I think he was probably more upset that he didn't have his little mate last year and he couldn't, you know, and he just thought, I just can't do this by myself. You know, yeah. there's only so much he can do. And there was more hero ball from him last year. Not that you could get more. What, what was he, 30, 14 and 7 or something like that? During, I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's preposterous like, numbers. Like, you know, and, and he'll probably do, like, what if he does that for another three, four years? Because they're all sort of, everybody wants to have their podcast episode where they say, where does he sit at the moment? Oh, he's inside the top 10 and all that sort of stuff. But the Who trajectory is scary. The, the trajectory is scary. Because the- I still don't reckon at any stage in the playoffs, did you see a game where he actually went, fuck, I better do something here. Like, there were moments maybe where he just thought, maybe I'll just write this chip a little bit. But I don't actually like. You never saw a, a super Jimmy style game out of him where he just went fuck this shit. I'm I'm taking over. It was always a calculated thing. So whether he got Murray back involved more or whether he started, you know, I mean, even and, and this comes with the coaching as well. That you know, the fact that Aaron Gordon went absolutely fucking nuts because and then the game after Aaron Gordon goes nuts and they, and, you know, Spoke goes well. We need to stop that. Then suddenly, um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Comes out of hibernation, still can't yes. shoot the ball. Game five, still- the Michael Porter Jr. sighting game. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and still, look, still couldn't hit the side of a bar, no, but he was just he looked there. horrible. Like- but everybody looked horrible in game five. Yeah. It was a micro, it was like everything was horrific. It was muddy and frantic and chaotic, and still the and Nuggets that- were better because it was the kind of and- basketball that the Heat should be really good at, and the Nuggets were still better. Yeah, and they were just better in every element, no matter what yeah. they did. And even good on Jimmy Butler for uh, showing Draymond Green how you kick somebody in the balls in <laughs> playoff mode and get the foul. It was almost like he was using fucking Aaron Gordon's schlong as a stepladder. Um, <laughs> to be fair, Aaron Gordon walked into it. So I can, yeah. I would have, it was a very controversial call, but I probably would have just said play on both ways because it wasn't really a foul one way or the other. So Scott Foster was the referee in, in, the, um, <laughs> so, in the thing. I, and he I, was like, I, 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 I'm... I'm duty bound to try and make this go a bit further. I saw that tweet. I was like, "My God, that's Scott! My God, is that Scott Foster's music?" (laughs) I just went, "Oh no, oh no!" And I ran back to the game. Like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, "Yeah, okay, right now it's it's beyond." Keep calling the VAR room, which is a fucking football thing. Uh, He's in the in the video replay thing. Uh, I just I just looked and went, "Oh, okay, no, we're we're still good." He hasn't. It, it, at that stage, I looked, went and looked along the personal foul line. I thought, no, no one's in, like, they're in sort of early foul trouble, but they weren't in, like, Jokic gets fouled out and, you know, with t- two minutes to go, find a foul trouble because that shit would have been nasty. Like, and I mean, it would, honestly, I don't think it would have mattered. I think Jamal Murray would have just gone, right, yep, my turn. Yep. And it would have been fine, but. 
but and, you're and right. The there was no point in which the um, the Nuggets really felt like they were stretched. They really felt like they were. Tr- I mean, at every stage, the Heat looked like they were redlining. They were giving yeah. absolutely. They had to give absolutely everything to get where they were, and you never really felt like the full capacity of the Nuggets was called to bear upon. I mean, they the, lost games. They yeah. lost four games while winning sixteen. But on three of them took like you know, look at the the, the super duper Durant Booker games that it took yes, to take those two, two games those. off them, and and even that, then there's like okay, cool, you know that's what it takes to beat us. You have to get your two absolute superstar max players to go superstar max. Yeah. Are they going to do that for four games? No, nah. you know, nah. not even LeBron or Jordan or anybody has a series. Like that, you know, yeah, that, that keeps going like that. Scotty Pippen will probably tell you that Jordan didn't have any, but anyway. Well, um, not before he got there, anyway. That's right. I feel bad for Scotty. You do, but then you don't because well, he kind of just, you know, because he, he needs the, you know, to stop drinking his own fucking. The problem is that now he has his own whiskey. It's really difficult for him to stop drinking. But, yeah, but how would you feel if your ex-wife copped on with your oh, rival's son? Yeah, I, I mean that's I, that's that's really kind of weird and upsetting, oh, and Real Housewives of upsetting. Oh, it's very yeah, very Vanderpump, isn't it? It's like yes, and I don't even watch Vanderpump. I have no idea what it is, but I just know they fucking hate each other. So yeah, it, 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 yeah it's, uh, it's <laughs> that made us sound like we knew we had the finger on the pulse of pop culture, or Ooh, at least the sort of no, stuff that middle-aged women no. watch. I don't. I don't think it was ever like for as much as you want to talk to yourself and yeah, you know, said that you know, oh maybe it's the Lakers and maybe it's the Warriors and maybe it's the Boston and maybe I think I think we had the East fairly well pegged. Is that that yeah. Boston Philly series was the, going we to? We thought the East was going to be comfortably better than the West. We don't think we quite realised how within themselves the Nuggets were playing. Yeah, they beat the shit out of everyone for a while and then they just stopped being good with about ten or fifteen games to play in the regular season. Yeah. And we thought that was real. In reality, they were just phoning it in because they knew that they they had so much incapacity. I've never seen a team be more aware of its capacity and to play within itself. As, the Clippers uh, are looking may- on going, well, damn, that's what we're supposed to Maybe Man City, but apart from that-, yeah, that, that. That's what the Clippers were supposed to do, really, wasn't it? Yeah, like the yeah. Clippers have always been that side that coasts into the finals and we'll be ready for the playoffs, and then they get to the playoffs and just shit the bed, whereas these guys- well, yeah. yeah, they've always been the downside of that approach, whereas the Nuggets, yeah. very quietly, were always in control of, of the game state. And maybe um, Miami to that point as well, as they kind of knew what what was going on and what they could do. Although, let's point it this way. They were eight minutes away from going out, ass backwards out of the plane. So it wasn't always in control of that no. thing. But once they got there, it was like, okay, we've but got this But that was my logic challenge. from last week where I said, and uh, no, no, everybody listened, of course, to last week's episode. But I said, <laughs> it's almost like Miami need to be on the on the verge of death in order to feel alive. They can only play well when that when things are completely when the, that's very Pat Riley, I think, to be you know almost like playing Russian roulette yeah. with your future uh, in in the end. But they have to be on the verge of elimination in order to play their best. And to be fair, they did that in the finals as well. Like, they didn't play yeah, badly. Like- well, they did that in the, the conference finals because they were yeah. like, they got to three up and then they just kind of went, eh, whatever. And then it wasn't until they literally had to win or go home that they just went, oh, okay, we'll try. And they beat the living piss out of-, out of- And it wasn't that they played badly in the Denver series either. Like, they made they made those competitive- just Denver are so much fucking better. And, yeah, and- that's exactly right. That, yeah. that, that's their, you know, their maximum effort got them close. And, you know, whenever Denver were out to 20-point lead, they were bringing it back to five or six points and then making games of it where they could have 
quite easily filled the whole thing and just gone, well, fuck it, or, you know, or Phoenix the whole thing and just gone, well, we're down by 20, we're going to be down by 40, let's just piss this game off and, you know, come back next week kind of thing. But they didn't do that. Like, they, they pushed and they, like, as you said, when the backs are against the wall, they still pushed and they pushed hard. And they probably gave us a better playoff series for it. Like, I, th- I actually think they pushed the Nuggets harder than the Celtics or Philly or anybody would have done. Yeah. Because I just just yeah, think I that, that they are very single, you know, they're very single gear teams. And once they got down, and especially Philly, once they got down, it just would not have happened. They at just all. would have been bitching about each other on Instagram. Well, yeah. which they're still doing. Well, I like- suspect they probably and, and I suspect James Harden is is linked to a lot of teams, and none of them are Philly. <laughs> the most recent one I saw him linked to was um, Phoenix. I mean, the, the talk is, is is that he will go to to Houston. Houston, but that is almost like the white flag. It's like, well, my career's over. I'm just I'm just here for the fucking lols. I'm just here to fucking get lit up and go to strip clubs I, and all that. Because I remember the strip clubs. They, they, I still have a name at the door at the strip club. Pretty much. Right. I mean, he, he, his money is Life membership. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have to pay for a drink in that town. But he actually lives in Phoenix so over the um, – and I have to credit, I mean, Al Hassan, who on, on Levitard's lot, who for pointing this out, but he actually lives in Phoenix uh, in the off-season. And Phoenix are going to be looking for a guard. Oh, yeah. They've moved on uh, Chris Paul. They're going to have a little bit of cap flexibility. He and Durant are still mates despite all that Kyrie shit. It feels like a better place for him to land than fucking uh, Houston because he can win. He should win. In Fe- and he, and he I, I'm on record as saying that I expected Phoenix to win the chip. And was, I didn't realise that the Nuggets had so much more capacity that they simply weren't using. Yeah. Well, and also that if he goes to a place where we've got Durant and Booker, does James Harden need to shoot the ball? Absolutely not. It becomes an off-the-ball scorer, which when he's given the opportunity to do that, he is fucking deadly. And he's also still a good assists passer guy. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, he attracts, he'll, he'll attract that still sort of gravity because everybody is going to look at him and go, well, it's James Harden, so he is going to take yeah. shots. And what if he doesn't? I mean, you know, may, you know, people have these epiphanies and maybe it's putting it beyond the realms of possibly the thing that James Harden might have a bit of situational awareness and, and do that. But, you know, maybe. like If he doesn't push to go there, you have to wonder about whether he really wants to win. If he does end up at Houston, you think, okay. Oh, yeah, that, that's I, right. I, I don't – I respect the fact that, that you're making a lot of money and you just want to see titties. And that's <laughs> fine. I respect that you spend your money and you spend your life the way that you want to. But there'll be people who – and there's the same people who are upset at Jokic for not enjoying winning enough. As yeah. It's entirely transposed. Like you should win on, you should be happy to win on my behalf because I don't get to win because I, I'm an accountant at a fucking failing tech firm or something. You know, I work in a busted ass country town and I'm upset. So therefore, you have to have joy on my behalf. But you can't make somebody else, you know, enjoy their job on just because it's the job that you would like to have. And hey, if you're if you're the guy who wants all the glory and wants to win chips and does what they have to and says what they have to 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 do that. You just might look like Joel Embiid and, you know, how, you know, I mean, he's the MVP of the league, but does anybody like him? Does anybody think so? Like, does anybody really- Does anybody think he's going to win a chip? Because I don't. I think he's, no, going, we... I think he's going to be like Charles Barkley, except without the charm. Yeah, because he's just, he just he, every action he makes just makes him less and less sort of, I don't know, the NBA's got a lot of unlikable- people that shouldn't be unlikable. Is you know? that because we see so much more of their internal monologue, though? Because, I mean, we didn't get to see what Michael Jordan posted on Instagram. 
We never got to see oh, no, what I, fucking... I, I just I think it's the way they play though, and it's not just Embiid. And look, Embiid is a very powerful player when he's sort of on it. But I, but it's it's also it's, I think it started with Harden recently, like the yeah. real kind of I. And you know you've got the Trey Young flopping iso ball hero ball shit going on there as well. Like, <laughs> Did you hear that he tweeted "We next" and a whole bunch of emojis after the? <laughs> he's claiming that 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 his team, whichever team he decides for that to be, is going to be next after the uh, the Nuggets win. So only if he ends up at Phoenix, well, like that's, that's if he's on it, maybe not. Yeah, exactly right. If it's it's not going to happen at fucking Atlanta, that's for sure. Like no. Well, Quinn will be really good at making the regular season thugs, but I don't imagine they're going to be particularly good in the in the, um, in the postseason. Uh, anyway, look, it, it, I just unless I mean, look, it, yeah, the Wemby draft thing is going to happen, and that's all. You know, the, the Spurs aren't going to, yeah, they might tickle the bottom of the eight, maybe a little bit, maybe depends on what they get around him and how how advanced they want, and it depends if he lasts eighty one games as oh, well. Also, I mean, there's been a little bit of kind of you know Wemby, 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 but. His team went out in the first round of the playoffs because he was toilet. That's kind of he's got a lot to learn. He's going to need a bit yeah. more fucking time. Yeah, and and look, he'll have you know because I mean Zion had great games in his first season too, and yeah. everybody went oh yeah. But and now we're at the state at, where at, people are legitimately talking about should the fucking New Orleans trade him, trade him because you know he's he, just more trouble than he's worth. That's right. He likes he, pies and he keeps feeding it to women that aren't his business. <laughs> That's right. Which are not basketball reasons, but I understand why people are slightly concerned. Yeah, well, that's right. If you, you want to be, if you've got, you have got a limited amount of energy, you want to be putting it. You know, if you're paying him thirty million dollars or whatever it is, then you want to be put, putting all his energy into it's, other things. It's funny you say that because one of the lines that I heard that I thought summed up why the heat fell over was was from again Amin on on Levitat Show saying that energy is a finite resource. And they used all their energy getting there, but I wasn't thinking quite about the energy that Zion was using to get on the court versus the energy Zion was using off the court. Off which the is, court, yeah. Well, you know, he, he doesn't have to. He, he is, Let's uh, not go to the He is a twenty-something. Yeah, that's right. It's not. It's not that far down, but yeah, he, yeah, he is a twenty-something well, young man with a lot of money. Same, same so, distance uh, down that for most people, I imagine, proportionally. <laughs> Look, but you know, who knows what happens? But at you know, and then all the betting will will say it. Maybe I mean, there are still people that will believe that the current state of the Celtics or the current state of Philly can beat the current state of Denver, and it's just the circumstances got in their way. It really didn't. It's just a talent thing. <laughs> but which you mean the the Heat? The Heat other circumstances. <laughs> a team that just well, came and punched them in the mouth and stole their lunch money, which well, is kind of what they to. do. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Look, and maybe maybe the Heat get rolled by a Boston or a Philly if they didn't have to go through each other. But here's the thing: they're always going to have to go through each other. That yeah. they're always going to be that two-three matchup because the Bucks are always going to be better regular season team just because um, he wants them to be. And you know, if he's healthy and all that sort of stuff, like, let's let's not forget in all of this what we say: Giannis is really good. Like, really yep. good. And he missed a bunch of time and he was fucked in the playoffs. Like, he was just not there you know, physically or whatever. But, you know, healthy uh, look, Giannis- Look, to, to be honest, is- I'm expecting I'm expecting this to slide from, from the Bucks for two reasons. New coach and the new owner is a fuckwit because <laughs> he is the owner of the uh, Cleveland Browns NFL team oh, yeah. and they are run appallingly badly. And he is also- an absolute fuck with any business dealings. He's been done for tax fraud and various other 
antitrust and, you know, all kinds of dodgy shit. So I, I expect the Bucks to be in a position to be watching Giannis walk at the end of his next contract yeah, I was because they're going to be like really a, badly run. Yeah, like a, that's and, the, and teams will just be lining up for peak oh, Giannis, God, yes. like because he's still peak. He could still be peak Giannis. There's still and lots that could of happen. Years that could him. accelerate remarkably quickly if Giannis figures out. Oh wow, this is fucked. Like the new coach and, and the new coach appears to be reasonably well con- um, considered in a basketball sense. You know, he has. Slightly questionable practices off the court. There's been a bit of history. You can Google Adrian Griffith and see what he got Shock, up to. Sh- shocking, shocking. Yes, so, look, so what you basically said, what you told me in the last three minutes is that an NBA coach has a questionable history and the owner's a cunt. I mean, that's yes. unprecedented. <laughs> it's now, unprecedented. I can narrow that down to at least 29 teams, possibly 32. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I can see Giannis going somewhere else because I think that's not going to last very long. And that and that might be the thing, you know, the 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 redistribution of wealth, so to speak, sort of had a bit of a, a glimpse last year, and maybe maybe it's time for a, a, a bit of a, of a shake up and sort of go, well, where do these guys land and how they? Because I I think Phoenix will be a better side once they figure it out, and if they can sort of draft well around, like you know, if they can just get some bit pieces to help them out, because they are going to win a lot of regular season games again with yeah. those two just. Dominating stuff. They so- just need bit part players at this stage. They just need role players. They need some of that. They are like the anti Miami, whereas Miami, all they have is the ability to synthesize unlimited numbers of role players and can't get a star. Jimmy aside. And, 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 and look, that's a well pushed out trope. You know, if you know, if only they had bit players and they do better and everybody goes, yeah, but every side's trying to do that. But, but look- that's the thing. Every side's trying to do it except Miami, who mass produced them. Look at LA. They were 13th and fucked before the trade yeah. deadline, and they legitimately, like, they had a legitimate shot at making the Western Conference. They did a – Rob Palinka did a really good job with, with picking yeah. up the guys he did. And they didn't even have, you know, I mean, you know, they probably had more options. Like, And then, look, and that side depends on what happens, you know, with Austin Reeves and, and all that sort of stuff, whether they decide that they want to go all in again because this is LeBron, this is the this is it pretty much, yeah. isn't it? Like you think. It doesn't feel like there's much left, does it? I mean, even in this series, he, apart from the final game where he just gave literally everything and it wasn't enough. Uh, yeah, and, and it was never going to be, yeah. It was yeah. never going to be. And like, but it wasn't, that, again, it was like that they weren't not competitive, but they just weren't allowed to be any more competitive than what they were. And you know, you still look. The Nuggets had so much more in reserve. That's the thing. They they just have incredible amounts of resource and power in reserve. The Nuggets, and we never really realised that. And I wonder what sort of toll that takes on on Anthony Davis because he couldn't have done much more, knowing that there's a massive dude in Denver who yeah. will own him. Yeah, and not, not that he, he can't do much more. Like everyone always says, said, oh, you know, it's all up to Anthony Davis and he needs to be better. Well, he was better and he's probably the reason why they got as far as they did because it's certainly- Certainly, you know, certainly, yes, absolutely, to the to the conference finals. They wouldn't have got there without him. But in, in the end, it, you can't, there's no substitute for size. And I, no. it's a very old-fashioned thing because there's been in the last, it's almost like a response to- the Warriors ball of the late 2010s, which was small ball. It was, you know, having Draymond Green at center. But the, the, the counter to that is to have a center who is genuinely fucking enormous, who can also <laughs> handle the ball like a regular sized yep. human being. And all of a sudden, there is no response to that other than to get another fucking enormous human. 
You can't play small against your, any team that has Jokic in it. You because just can't. even you've got to look, just look what Aaron Gordon did to everybody well, in you the certainly end. Can't, like, yeah, you certainly can't play small against a team that has, that has Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and all because that was the thing. I mean, it was a, it was a, it's asinine fucking analysis, but it's true. The Denver have big Man. boys, yes. and their big boys are better than Miami's, not quite as big boys. The end. That's how we ended yeah. up at, at Denver four, Miami one. And 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 Aaron Gordon doesn't have to miss many shots when he's shooting from two feet over the top of a no. of a guy that's at least six inches shorter no. than him. Because he <laughs> is- if he just needs to lay it up of a Gabe Vincent, he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect and his, look, and his I, shooting I, fucking I, percentage is going to be pretty good. And I think I said at the start, you know, I say at the start of every draft pool that you know I just wanted Aaron Gordon to be good because you know of the, you know we, we were sort of dunk dunk contest yeah. memorabilia. But Thank it's a fuck. very he's a like, very different dude. The, the Aaron is, Gordon like, that who who the Orlando yeah. here, he's unrecognizable. Apart from the fact that he's still wearing fifty on his back because he wants to remind people of the score he should have got the dunk contest, which <laughs> yeah, is. I think he needs to retire that because it's pissant. Well, but- he's got it now. He's, he's, he's done it. You know, he, he, you can have yeah. your dunk contest. You got a I ring. Have, uh, uh, change your fucking God. number back to double O. You pissant. Yeah, Christ but, but good, good, good on him because I mean, look, it takes it to be this good at sport and to be paid this much. You have to be an egotist. You have to be like you can't. Yeah, you know, people, people always wonder why these guys are assholes. You have to be a weird kind of psychopath. But you probably even saw that in great cricket. Look, yeah. look, these these fucking. Absolute sociopaths, just self-obsessed. Um, Steve Smith. Yes, but even like reference the great cricketer earlier, and that Twitter account podcast, whatever else, really yeah. draws attention to the fact that even at grade cricket level, and like in the thirds, there are absolute sociopaths who think they're playing for Australia, who will sledge you and have like unmatched fucking obsessive self-confidence and it's like you work for a bank you are not you are never going to play for australia but it's that kind of level of of self-delusion that you kind of need to capture in order to to perform well so i sense this from your friend of mine mr beasley because i suspect he has that i suspect he is actually a sporting psychopath and i would not like to play golf against him i would not like to play backyard cricket against him even though as you and i know I would cook him because I'm a genius. <laughs> also, but because I'd be bl- I'll be bowling with a fucking taped up tennis ball, yeah, and I can make like, that shape at least four feet in the air. Yeah, that's right. One, you know, there's only so much you can play when when you can't um, when you can't actually keep it within the nets. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're wearing you glasses sort of- and the ball goes out of out of your glasses frame, it's a little bit hard <laughs> to actually watch where the ball's gone. But no, so getting back to the point, though, big ups to Aaron Gordon for just for being yeah. for having the hubris, I guess, to be able to look around and go, you know what, this is where I this is where I can make a difference because he's never, you know, being the number one ish guy at Orlando yeah. is never going to get him anywhere. But, I mean, ever. as Bezos said, he was never really one of the uh, a kid who was pro- who thought he was going to be one of those number one dudes. He wasn't like one of these young stars who was heavily fated in kind of AAU ball. So he, he was probably more amenable to falling back to a supportive role. You know, it, it was like it was almost like the, the the dunk contest stuff was a little bit out of almost out of context, out yeah. of character, if you like. That it wasn't really what he'd gone into gone to the NBA on the basis of, or gone to the NBA to do. And this is much more like what he's actually here to do. It's be big, be good, uh, and support someone else and. Win a chip, and I think they're going to win a lot more fucking chips because I like your kids can't. If it all stays together and it all stays injury free, I I don't see how 
unless somebody else is going to sort of take that kind of unicorn mantle from Jokic. And I, I see no reason as to why he gets any worse unless he's injured. I and mean, he doesn't seem to be that susceptible. No, it's Jamal Murray he's, he's, who I'd be more worried about, is the, he, given well, that he's, he's had a few. And, and the only, he's, Jokic is probably more inclined to punch somebody in the head than right, sort of have a thing. Like only he, if they kind of, you know, attack yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. I, I guess that sounds probably failure race. But- Croatia won the fucking Balkan Wars. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a oh, very- horses <laughs> are shit. Yeah, like it's just uh, even the way he defended. I watched it that last game, and it's just a a real dismissive kind of. Yeah, just you know, he's got the hand up, and it just comes down like a fucking sickle on top of yes. some of these guys. Is like God. I don't know. How- you imagine if that hits your arm? It comes like, down what, like the hungry, thing. hungry hippos fucking slapped <laughs> smack. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it can get your attention. Like, and and that teams like I'm sure someone's going to figure out. There's going to be a way that diminishes him, but th- I don't think it worries him because he doesn't mind being diminished because he looks around him and he's got you know Murray who's quite happy scoring forty points and doing all that sort of stuff, and then he's got other guys around him who can contribute quite. And you know, and you know KCP was great in that series. Like he, you know, it doesn't look, but you know, I think his box score is ridiculous or something like that. Yeah. But but they are a side again that we we say all this sort of stuff and yes the Dallas Mavericks you know who maybe defense won't matter and even Sacramento maybe defense won't matter defense Sacramento. matters <laughs> defense Sacramento. matters Sacramento uh, of, of, of the two as the two things I wanted you to say that was on my bingo card you know what the other one you know what else you've got to say imagine that's the other guy no no, no the, the the only other thing that you're on, you're on the podcast to to the to say, I don't even know where he's going to be next year. On the skins. Oh. On the skins. Bones Island. Jazz Club. Nice. <laughs> if he gets a game next year. No, because he's been, well. I think he's going you know, to talk his way out of the fucking Clippers as well because he thinks he's a hero. He's going to be on the skins playing for the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> Bones Island. I tell you what, the fucking Shanghai could make it run at the fucking FIBA World Championship by the end of the you know, couple I of years. I reckon we, can, we need okay. a we need a fucking like a, a, a Champions League. We need to put the Shanghai <laughs> Sharks in against like Concacaf Champions League kind of shit up against you know whoever wants to be asked. Like Denver won't try, so you know Shanghai could actually win that. But yeah, the it's kind of like Perth Wildcats so- in. <laughs> See what happens. It, it, it is kind of like fever ball. It's kind of always there's this kind of like that little asterisk next to every time that you know Lithuania or Spain or somebody like that wins because you're going yeah, but but if, if if America could be fucked, then they probably win it. But if they America just can't be, be fucked. fucked. America has been fucked. America is fucked. Have you seen the place? Uh, oh no, fuck definitely. <laughs> I mean, gives a fuck. Yeah, absolutely. No, they are <laughs> yes. they're completely cooked. Absolutely. Like and, and you know may they may their reign burn in hell, but. Yeah. It's um I have to sing a song um that's very, very popular amongst the kids at the moment. And the third verse is this jingoistic crap, you know. Uh, I salute the ones who died, you know, may they may our freedom forever fly, you know, or, you know Why are you the singing fucking I, kid rock? And I changed the lyric. I changed no, it's not kid rock, it's um I even can't even remember who kid they are. Kid Rock and I'm the real McCoy and I'm headed out uh, west, motherfucker. Yeah, I but it's just, I, I just, I can't, I can't say the lyrics. I'm just like, you know, I, I salute the ones who died. And I'm just like, not for the stars and stripes, fuck their flag into the ground. But yeah, you've it's- turned into fucking, this is turned into a music podcast, but you've turned into our <laughs> mutual mate Phil's bandmate who was a Christian and changed all the lyrics to all the upsetting grunge songs to be more uplifting. 
except the one where they said cunt. Yes, but they <laughs> but he, he changed, um, what was it? Fucking bullet with butterfly wings. Despite all my rage, I just can't keep my rat in its cage. Yeah, my favourite one Which was- Which sounded um, more like he was having trouble not, you know, rooting around on his missus. Yeah, or, you know, I'm, I'm Alana Samara sets, I'm brave, but I'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. That but seems, anyway, no, I just- That seems I, I like don't, a really odd change to make. I know. That's anyway, the, the welcome shit back to our fucking sports podcast. Um, anyway, the NBA is finally over. Lol. The draft is next week and free agency is the week after, so this will continue until at least late July. Ugh, good times. I feel sad for it because I'm just so, I think I'm so used to hearing the guys from No Dunks as I drive to work in the morning. I was like, oh, it's not it's not there. Yeah, um, I feel other podcasts. I just I get really annoyed with all the podcasts because I figure if they if they don't sound as good as this one, I'm just giving the shits because what's going on if you're if you're fucking sponsored by the Athletic or ESPN or the Ringer or whatever the fuck, why aren't why don't you sound better than two guys you know you know two guys shouting at each other across the Tasman? Yes, that's I just um, don't I don't get it. But, but to be fair, we are synthesizing all the views of all the podcasts that we've listened to over the previous week, so you know Probably, not all mate. of these are unique independent thoughts. But um, if oh, we do, I mean, but I've now listened to multiple NBA podcasts and it's mm-hmm. like oh, it is a bit of a circle jerk sometimes. You, sort oh, of you do think, hear oh, the same you do hear the same views over and over again. So. Um, so, yeah. But I that's just, the thing. I, I just, found that I start to listen to. There are some podcasts I don't listen to because I know Bezo will listen to them. Like I don't listen to any of the Ringer stuff, mainly because yeah. I don't. I think Bill Simmons needs to be fed to a wood chipper because he's a fucking. <laughs> um, and all, but also he tends to hire people who are like him who are terrible. So it's like, well, if, I don't want to hear from any of the people who actually work for you either. Um, so I, I listen to a different group of people, and that way we don't actually end up reciting exactly the same viewpoints. <laughs> But also, sometimes I, I, we watch basketball and have independent views. It's really weird. Yeah, oh, that's it. I know, right? Actually, although I was very, what was it? There was something that that, that they didn't have during the playoffs. And I can't remember. Oh no, that's what Ko didn't have the. I think it might have been the Miami series, even the first one where they beat the Bucks. I was looking for like, oh, let's just see a game. Is oh yeah, that, that was on like, NBA TV. Yeah, yeah. So a yeah. lot of that stuff, like in the first round, like at least half the series, like they won't have. All of the games, some of them will end up on NBA TV, or some of them. Yeah, and I was just like, but I have fuck? I had League Pass uh, yeah. at a weird at a weird grandfather cheap rate, so I got to see whatever was going on because I'm a serious NBA podcaster. As you should be, and I'm just a guy that comes last every fucking year. But That's you know, right. what do I know? But, well, actually, this year was like, how much was in it? One point, two points. We were, but we, yeah. I think I think you were only mathematically excluded from winning on the day before the final games. So they don't draw pictures; they just draw numbers. You know, that's what yeah. they. Anyway, they, um, there's a bottle of whiskey at my parents' place that you need. I, know, to, I really, really should, get, really should get onto that. It's well, just you know, he keeps whinging. Oh, I'm gonna have to keep my own duty free. I'm like, just fucking talk to fucking Adam, and fucking my Adam will talk to my fucking parents, and they'll be. But my parents are the moving targets. They just keep. Oh. <laughs> I was an email from them. I was like, "Hi, we're in the Bunya Mountains. Like, why? <laughs> because you can be." We're in orange buying a car. Why? Because <laughs> it was there. Because they can. Because it was there. Because they can. That's the exact. I order. was in a car buying an orange. Why? I don't understand this at all. Yes. yes. Oh, anyway, but anyway, so he's he's off doing American things. I did see. He's that in day, Denver because yeah. his missus is in Denver at a research conference. I understand, but there's like nice. I didn't quite understand it, but it sounded like there was a music festival either side of it. And he was mm. gonna. He was thinking about going to an EDM show, and then remembered it was American EDM, and that it would be pop. So he decided yeah. not to do that. 
which I, I think did, if he's I learned did, anything from this podcast, it's probably that. I did see that looking through the the uh, playlist for the first time in a while, I did catch the large slab of Moby that was still in there and went, ooh. Like, just, just looking at the track titles would be enough to turn most people off that. Yeah, track. I didn't beat that. Um, <laughs> if this is music, we should probably stop the sports podcast. Maybe. But I'd anyway, just like to so say good. that I would like to say shouts to Picky Blinders' own Jack Grealish of Manchester City for being the anti-Jokic. Because for every every kind of I want to go home, I don't want to party kind of shit that you got out of Jokic, Jack Grealish made up for that and more by going out in his fucking Champions League winning uniform and just going on the piss for 24 hours. And uh, I think that needs to be saluted because I don't have a liver that could do that now. No, maybe he doesn't either, but maybe he's got well, not for that. Not anymore, but uh, he he did it at the time. Uh, and, he's probably he's, got quite a lot of people or some very wealthy owners that did shout him a new one, though. So Yeah, that's true. He could probably give, give his owners probably got some political prisoners they could steal a liver from and replace his with. <laughs> bone saw uh, style. Yeah, well, no, they're, they're not the bone saw people, but then they, they- But they could if too, they wanted to be. They know the bone saw people. The bone saw people <laughs> yeah. are just down the road. No, there we are. That's right. They're on speed dial. Yeah, we didn't talk about golf. Ah. Uh, and we're not going to. What a surprise. <laughs> Good night, folks. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. That golf shit's fucked up. Oh, it's just awful. Like, and I, I, like, I, and I kind of look just, at it. Uh, look, I feel bad because I know you. Lo- I know you. You love golf and you love watching golf, and this is going to make watching golf suck because you're going to think every minute these these the fucking the cunts won. And look, and and, and I understand the fact that the, the argument exists that oh, you know, that the PGA Tour was was propped up by some pretty awful organisations yeah. anyway because they let's weren't face it, fucking bone soaring journalists. I don't lock up homosexual people. But I kind of just feel like it's, I, I kind of feel like it's like it, it, everything that, you know, and I feel sorry for fucking Rory McIlroy, who's just yeah. been hung out to fucking dry by this cunt who runs the PGA Tour, who's now in hospital on fucking mental grounds, obviously because someone's basically said, I am going to fucking drop a hundred megaton bomb on your fucking house, you asshole. Like, he didn't even have the, he just took the money and ran, basically. Oh, and he's, no, he's just feeling stressed. He's just got a lot of stress. And he's never well, to so leave he him fucking alone. should, because he's yeah. just like he—he he has any any sorts of goodwill or um, like it's just gone. And I just you just can't look at I can't look at because I couldn't look at. I mean, Cameron Smith. I think you know that I was that was, was like, really disappointing when I heard that he was because he yeah, seemed to like, like be the oh yeah g'day and he's like and I, I mean in that situation you and I would probably do the same. Oh, absolutely. Well, actually, like, I, I don't think- know because I I don't know. He doesn't appear to be particularly smart, Cameron Smith, and I wonder how observant he no, is of the I, real no, world. I, of no, I really think he is. I think it's just a matter that he kind of looked and went. But if you're like that, you're like, well, I literally I can't take these people's money. I do wonder, like, in his position, he was at the top of the game. He had this longevity and still is at the top of the game. He's still a very, very good golfer. And I mm. kind of wonder why, why he looked at his potential earnings and his potential kind of what he could do, and look at that and go, why is that not enough? Yeah. I mean, uh, why at what is point is, is like like $50 like million, that should be enough. I, you don't need a billion. I can understand why Mr. 55 in the world or the, Mr. 100 yeah. in the world, who's grinding away at the PGA Tour, and like, 
when I say grinding away at the PGA Tour, if you're coming 100th in the PGA Tour every year, you're still earning a million bucks a year. Now, look, yeah. I understand they don't keep a million dollars a year. There are a lot of costs that go on with this. But it's not an unreasonable fucking lifestyle. Yeah. And I, and particularly if you're a filmmaker and you spend a lot on hookers and blow and gambling. That it. guy can eat every dick in the world. Like that. That's the grossest thing is that he wins. He yeah, is that, and an objectionable human being. And I, and I, and it saddens me so much about because I grew up watching golf on Australian television, just thinking that you know I literally probably cried when Greg Norman lost the Masters all those times, yeah. and I just. And, and every just time I'd watch it, he would break me. And now, and now I just look at Greg Norman and go, you know what, Larry Mize, let me shake your fucking hand. You knew Thank something you, I didn't. Nick yeah, Faldo, because, you're a legend. Yeah, because you knew something. You did something that, because imagine the insufferable cunt that Greg Norman would have been but if he had. if Greg Norman won those those majors, maybe he wouldn't have turned out like this. No, I think maybe he, I it would have filled no. in a hole in his soul, and he wouldn't have he wouldn't have wouldn't have turned out like this. Yeah, well, it's a big fucking hole, isn't it? Because like, well, I say he's he's got a he's got a fucking crater. It's it's just he's just they're just appalling human beings, and and that's well, I, I guess no one's made of Trump, and he couldn't quite work out why that was a problem. It's like okay. But that, that's just a, that's an American kind of thing, you know, and that's what I, and that's what I, 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 and amongst everything that I hate about America. And then the list is long. The thing I hate about America most, and and, and I don't know if it makes it- Bezos in it. No, the thing that uh, annoys me the most about, and I, I, I say this because, like, not that Australia is blameless in this, but Australia, on the most part, if you are the, you know, sort of pushes their biases all the way down, as they probably should, and it shows a mod, you know, and the people who don't do that are the outliers, your Hansons and your fucking all, you know, all those sort of people, the fucking laying homes and whatever the fuck you want to do, the people who they are the outcasts of, of sort of, and you know, whereas in America, it's almost the normal thing to let your biases and your your hatred, you, you put your fucking flags out on the front deck and show them yeah, off. And I it, wonder it, how and, much of that is is being in a, is hearing about a country from the outside though, because I always whenever I'm in Australia compared to when I'm outside Australia, I think about the media coverage of what it feels like to be in versus to be out. I suspect America doesn't quite feel as fucking cletus when you're in it to compared to how it projects when you know, outside media organisations are reporting on what's going on in there. Having said that, Mate, those things yeah. are definitely happening. I just don't know how in, prevalent yeah, the, they are. The Florida thing, I, I, you'd have to have a, you know, is, uh, is just an indoctrination thing. And look, I guess every country can be, you know, we've always heard over here because every country wanted Jacinda Ardern as their prime minister, except for New Zealand. Yeah, and in New Zealand, Jacinda got less and less popular to the point where she was getting, yeah. you know, death threats and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And she's like, I've had enough. And she chucked it in because she's like, this isn't pleasant. I have to bring up a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I would like my life back. Thank you very much. I did what yeah. I could. But, you yeah, know, Justin Trudeau in Canada, same, same, same kind of thing. You know, seems like, you know, nice guy, but the Canadians are not. And you know he's got some skeletons yeah. and different things that we don't like about them. But I'd say the coverage within internally is way worse than what it would be to, you know, the nice smiling, sharp dressed man. I think what we, we say, what we've learned here is that Jacinda, back to this week in politics. I was going to say what what we've learned here is that Jacinda Ardern was the first Nikola Jokic. She doesn't like a job and she wanted to go home and she did. 